0: National Coalition
1: for Men, may I help you? Harry, Starship Enterprise here. Are you ready to beam aboard? Welcome to another PFM podcast. Today, we have Harry Crouch, who's the president of the National Coalition for Men, otherwise known as NCFM, and we're going to be speaking with him today just to get a better handle on what CFM is, who they are, what they do, and where they're going. Mr. Harry Crouch, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be with you. Glad to have you here. What's up? What, what most folks don't realize is you and I have a long history and I, I, I think of you just as a, as a dear friend. And one of the questions I always get when I'm talking to other folks about NCFM is, what is NCFM? So I'll put that question to you so that people can hear from you directly. What is NCFM? Well, NCFM's is a 501c3
0: educational nonprofit organization. Well, it's been in existence for 40 years. Uh, our, we have offices uh, headquartered in San Diego. We're an all-volunteer organization. Um, we're broad-based in terms of issues. Uh, and we're committed to ending discrimination and uh, uh, stere- adverse, adverse stereotypes against boys, men their families, and the
1: women who love them. Understood. So is, am I correct in my understanding that NCFM is the oldest men's organization in North America with respect to the issues you just described? Uh, to our
0: knowledge, it is. I'm not aware of any that are any older.
1: And then my understanding also is that NCFM is an international organization in its scope. Is, is, that, is that accurate?
0: Uh, That's accurate. We have members in other countries and activities in other countries. Uh, For example, uh, we have uh, a liaison in Kenya uh, who uh, is deeply interested in circumcision issues and has fought the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation's effort to circumcise everybody in Africa uh, somewhat successfully. One county, two years ago, he stopped legislation that would have required the circumcision of every male in the county. Excellent. Uh, that's one example. Excellent. We, we have people in Australia doing things down there. Um, uh, we have a liaison in the Republic of Georgia, and he's written uh, a U.N. convention for the elimination of all forms of discrimination against men. Uh, he travels the world and as he travels, uh, he makes efforts to uh, meet with the various leaders in search of finding a sponsor for the convention, which we've not yet been successful at.
1: Understood. Excellent. Question for you, who is NCFM? Who, who is involved in NCFM? Is this just a, a men's organization? or Are there women involved? Are there uh, you know, authors or attorneys or regular folks invo- involved in NCFM?
0: Um, well, I think we're all regular folks. Uh, the, um, uh, half the calls we get are from women. My, the treasurer of our organization is a woman. Her name is Deborah Watkins, and she's in Dallas, Texas.
1: Delightfully, I've met uh, her. Excellent.
0: Yeah, we have um, other people who are in leadership positions. So they're, they're women or coming into leadership positions. Uh, we have a new female member in San Diego that I'm thrilled to have. She's a retired DEA agent, and and uh, her interest was piqued when she walked into the post office one day and saw a poster having to do with selective service and the requirement for all young men to register before the age of 25. And she was thinking about her son and wondering why it didn't you know, require women to register. And she started searching around and found out that we had a pending lawsuit against the Selective Service System, and uh, almost immediately became a member. And I'm looking forward to working with her more. So yeah, we have a number of women in our organization. Absolutely. In
1: addition to Deborah Watkins, who I just adore, she's a wonderful, wonderful lady. I believe that Karen Strawn also is a, is a member of NCFM. Correct?
0: That's correct. Yeah, she's been a member for years.
1: Yeah, her her As a matter of
0: fact. Before she moves, if you, anybody who knows who she is and watches her videos, her early video, she had a big magnet uh, 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 sign on her refrigerator which said, join the National Coalition for Men. Then she moved, and she no longer has that refrigerator
1: behind. <laughs> <laughs> and for our listeners, those who don't know who Karen Strawn is, she is, goes by the, the title, Girl Writes What, and she's absolutely brilliant, absolutely just... Uh, Mentally agile and extremely well educated with respect to men's fathers, boys' rights and issues, just a phenomenal, a phenomenal individual. Question, if I may, Harry. I mean, in terms of scope, what does NCFM do? The National Coalition for Men. What do they do? Well, I mean, you know, we do quite a few things, but um, we' uh, not really sure how to
0: address that issue. We maintain offices, and in San Diego, we have a weekly support group, which is based upon the Recovery International uh, Program, which has been around since 1937. It's also certified by the local courts for uh, a short-term anger management program. And in California, we uh, participate with the Attorney General in the Save-at-Home Project Program, which means we can help people who find themselves in dangerous partner violence situations, particularly stalking situations. We can help them gain some anonymity through the Attorney General so they can, you know, have secure mail drops and things like that. Uh, We do information education referral, a lot of that over the telephone and walk-ins and and our other chapters as well. Uh, Twin City Chapter, uh, for years, been... uh, uh, Participating in events throughout the Minnesota Twin Cities and the Minnesota area and the adjoining states, they go to like fairs and, uh, and conventions and things like that. So about twenty twenty-five times a, a year, and they um, talk to people and hand out literature, uh, copious quantities of literature. They probably handed out a million pieces over the years.
1: If I if I can so get. If I could get you to lab, if I could get you to elaborate, sorry for talking over you there. My apologies. If I could get you to elaborate on the IPV, the intimate partner violence issues, I mean, how big of a problem do you see domestic violence against males with females as perpetrators as, as being a problem? Well, it's a
0: huge problem and very serious. It's uh, and all, it's also a huge problem with the way that um, government approaches it. It's a, and our culture looks at it and our society handles it. Um, You know, without getting into too much detail, uh, the two best resources, in my view, on the planet for information about, intimate partner violence are, particularly when it comes to abused males, is uh, Martin Fiebert's bibliography. Mr. Fiebert's is a professor at Cal State Long Beach and for years has been compiling a comprehensive bibliography of scientific research and papers. Uh I think there's over four or three over three hundred of them now in his bibliography. Uh then there's John Hamel out of the Bay Area. He's been running better intervention programs up there for God, I don't even know how long, fifteen, twenty years maybe. And uh in my view he's probably the world's prevailing domestic violence, intimate partner violence researcher. And a compiler. Uh, Several years ago, he got other um, domestic violence researchers across the planet together, and they spent almost three years, I think, weaning through various uh, scientific documentation and putting together a resource that is free to people over the internet. Um, uh, And it is probably the single best research compilation on the planet when it comes to partner violence. That said, all that said, um, if you were to look at those two, uh, two two databases of information, as well as other research, all that, which would be included in these two databases, what one would basically find, basically, is that men and women abuse each other very similar rates. Some people will argue that women are more susceptible to um, more serious batteries, uh, but other people would counter that. And I don't think that question has been properly answered. I don't think we know really. Understood. Regardless, it's a serious thing, uh, and we don't we don't provide services for abuse in, in any. Concerted way. It's, that's getting more and more frequent now. There are more and more. I just got an email today from somebody saying that they can't, came across a woman's organization that actually provides shelter services for abused men and their children. That's a little. That's a little more usual than emergency shelter services uh, because uh, the programs don't really provide the services to the men. They really provide them to the children who happen to have a parent who's abused with a penis. It's so kind of like the man is still the secondary consideration. Nonetheless, nonetheless, um, a number of organizations are now providing long-term housing solutions and other services in situations like that.
1: Folks, we're going to take a moment with a brief PSA, and we'll be right back. Whatever happened to our desire for equal opportunity for men and women in society? Did you know that here at home, 94% of all work-related deaths and injuries are male? And abroad, 99% of combat deaths
0: and injuries are male? Or that three out of four suicides and homicides are male? Or that men die an average of six years earlier than women? And recent studies show men and boys can be victims of family violence more often than women and girls. But most alarming, in the U.S., there are only two commissions dedicated to tracking the health and status of our men and boys, but women and girls are provided over 250. Don't you think it's time we establish an equal number of commissions that will truly benefit our men and boys also? Please help us, the National Coalition for Men, change America in the best interest of all its citizens. For more information about NCFM, its membership opportunities, or financial support, go to ncfm.org. That's
1: ncfm.org. Welcome back to the Protection for Men podcast. Question for you, if I may, the 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 actual name National Coalition for Men. I mean, you're, you're dealing with men's issues, but is this more of an egalitarian uh, organization, or is this strictly for males? I mean, give me a give me a handle on that if you possibly can. No, no, it's
0: uh, we're gender
1: inclusive all the way. So it's uh, an organization for men and, and the women who love them, correct?
0: Yeah, the reason. Um... You know, a lot of people over the years, I, I guess I've been president for about 12 years, somewhere in there. And, and over the years, people have tried to encourage us to change the name and get the word men out of it. And I raises the hair on my back. I, You know, we help. Another thing we do is help other people form organizations, nonprofit organizations, whether that be a chapter or ours or something separate and independent. Um, and the last one I helped... Uh, that people were adamant that they did not want to have the word min in it okay so the work they wanted to do i consider to be very very serious and important <clears throat> so we helped them anyway get their their 501c3 started their organization started and they're doing well now um, but uh, you know we have to somebody has to have the word men in there Name as an organization, so other people realize we're still alive. I
1: guess. Just an but, observation on you know, my part is that it seems that you know when it's a male scenario, it has to be gender inclusive. However, when it's a female scenario, it, it doesn't have to be gender inclusive. And I, again, I, I appreciate the fact that it's the national coalition, you know, for men as opposed to the national coalition for humans. Uh, again, it seems that men's issues tend to fall. Off to the side, and we get lost in the the shuffle with respect to, say, the suicide rates or the death rates on uh, on the job, or with respect to, you know, the draft or you know, things of that nature. With respect to education, uh, question for you. you: You indicated that you've been the president of NCFM now for twelve years. During your tenure, during the last, say, five to ten years, what are the most important accomplishments that NCFM has achieved during that 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 12 year period or that last five year period whatever you feel comfortable in addressing
0: oh gosh nice. i don't know you know like i said our, our goal is primarily education so we, we reach out to a lot of people in a lot of different ways and raising awareness is critical to us however if you're looking for specific outcomes um obviously the suit that we have pending against us, yes, like the services it has large consequences uh, you know, it could have a, a direct impact uh, to every young male across the United States. And, and other, in other ways as well, it could cause the federal government either to end the draft and or open it up to require women uh, to participate well, because there's a lot of imbalance there. We're now involved in a couple of lawsuits. Uh, uh, one I'm particularly interested in. is a paternity fraud suit, which originated in San Diego. And uh, the judge actually he had some common sense in the situation. A number of years had passed, and the woman came back and wanted retroactive child support for a child everybody knew wasn't uh, the man's. And uh, she had dismissed the, this, the child support obligation years and years before, but now she dragged it back up again for whatever reasons. And the judge's ruling really was uh, not to grant the retroactivity. Child support. That's it in a nutshell. Now the Department of Services is is appealing that decision, and we've taken on the the case. So we're going to provide uh, free legal services uh, to Marty in uh, name and uh for the man who's been adversely impacted. Excellent. We have uh, we're now looking at a number of other cases. Uh, we're heavily involved. With a case in California, uh, uh, which there's great deal of corruption including the Sheriff's Department, the um, putting over fake, there's a first person's landing receivership, all of the false allegations of, of sodomy and kidnapping, and uh, where actually there's a hearing this afternoon, uh, where um Water will be present, maybe hear about that. I like to think we're going to get more and more of that. matter of fact, we've never done any... We've never reached out for any fundraising, totally self-sufficient all these years. Um, Every year we get, you know, uh, contributions and and then our members who support us on a regular basis. Uh, But uh, I think we might be reaching out to do some fundraising so we can have... uh, a paralegal or two here, and then we'll reach out in a big way uh, uh, because we get calls every day uh, with potential lawsuits and people who need to file complaints and don't know how, don't know how, and don't have resources. And I'd like to be able to offer those services. Um, uh, so we'll see how that goes. That would be a huge project.
1: We, Let me jump uh, off to the side for a moment. In, in terms of the the advocacy that NCFM does. So if if I'm just, you know, you know, John Smith, and I'm, you know, listening to this, this interview, I mean, if I want to get involved, what's the best way for me to get involved as just a common everyday regular Joe? How do I get involved in NCFM? Well,
0: you just
1: go to our website and join up. It's pretty much that simple. Well, the website is www.ncfm.org, correct?
0: Yeah,
1: that's correct. All right, so if I'm just, you know, just gung ho and I'm like, yeah, I want to do something here. I mean, what would you advise me as to somebody who's just out there in, you know, say Nebraska or Maine or Florida? I mean, how do I how do I get involved and have a a contribution that's meaningful? Well, I get requests
0: like that fairly fairly regularly, maybe once every month or six weeks, and this is the way I handle it. I mean, certainly I'm pleased to hear somebody that's really motivated, and I want to know whether or not they've got some skills, knowledge, and some ability to, to you know, get involved at the level that they want to get involved with. And if it appears they do, uh, then I'll, I'll ask them to make sure they become a member and then ask them basically to send me a short uh, a writing, a narrative of some sort, about, you know, what they want to do and why they want to do it. That's step one. Most often at step one, most people go away. So if the way I look at it, if they're not uh, committed enough to write a few paragraphs and send it to us so we can take a look at it, and I can give it to my board of directors and they can take a look at it, it's probably best that they go away uh, because we don't have time to deal with that. Since we're all volunteers, we don't have a lot of time to deal with people who aren't self-motivated. Most people who get past that, depending upon what they want to do, you know, we might just refer them to another organization as a single-issue organization uh, which might be able to use their services and they might might fit better with because they're a single-issue individual. Um, And sometimes a single-issue situation blossoms into something more. Uh, several years ago, I got a call from a man who had all the knowledge, and skills, and abilities, and motivation to get something done. <clears throat> and he stayed with us, and we opened the North Carolina chapter, and he's done extraordinary work with it. Um, to basically working, working against Title IX in and, and university setting, uh, university settings, uh, or at least post-secondary education. Um and the uh, lack of due process that was developed under the Opal administration to the extent that many, many young men were railroaded out of the universities and colleges based on false allegations, including his one of his sons, which he took very personally and um as a consequence, there were two other organizations that came into play during the same period of time, um, both of which we had some 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 input in in starting not a lot, but some, and we're peripherally involved with, and all three were able to meet with um, Candace Jackson, the new Secretary, or the new uh, Director of the Office of Civil Rights in the U.S. Department of Education. Each took with them a couple of young men who had been falsely accused, and we were able to become engaged in a discussion at the highest level. Uh, with respect to these issues, and it eventually led to another discussion with Secretary DeVos, and I think we it's fair to say that uh, primarily through this gentleman in uh, our Chapter of North Carolina and others and others who, from the other organizations I mentioned, uh, who were also committed. Another organization, uh, which is uh, I think it's called FIRE, that does a lot of work on college campuses. Anyway, that led to, to a rescission just a week or so ago of what's known as the Dear Colleague Letter, uh, which retracted a number of the things that the Obama administration had sent down to universities under threat of loss of funding if the universities did not adopt these Orwellian and kind of Kofi-esque Stalinistic um, and disciplinary processes, uh, all targeted at young men. Understood. So that that all started out with to answer your question. That all happened because we were here. The organization was here. Had the history, a forty year history, or at that time a thirty five year history, and somebody had the motivation, skills, talents, and abilities uh, and desire to do something under our name. So that said, basically from my perch, uh, we don't. Uh, I don't mic. I don't micromanage. And never ask volunteers to do something they don't want to do. Um, I hope to find people who are self-motivated and sincerely motivated.
1: Well, question for you, if I may. You can also NCFM can also be found on Facebook, correct?
0: Sure. And you've been a big help to us on Facebook. I think we now have forty-four thousand followers, which I understand is pretty good. Uh, I don't really know, but people tell me that's pretty good.
1: So if I was if, if I'm just you know again sitting in my living room and, and, and wanting to locate NCFM, I can either contact you through the the website www.ncfm.org or I can go to your Facebook page. Correct.
0: Well, I wouldn't recommend trying to contact me through Facebook because I hardly ever look at those, whatever they're called.
1: But I can you know, I can I can, I can I can link to the the website through Facebook. Correct.
0: Yes, you can do that. Excellent, excellent. All right, best if somebody wants information, the best thing to do is call the office.
1: And the phone number is?
0: 619-231-1909. And we also have a YouTube channel. Uh, and we recently had a, 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 a forty year 40-year anniversary celebration in San Diego with a bunch of speakers uh, and guests like yourself. And uh, we have a number of the presentations with video, the whole thing was video, and we have posted a number of the presentations on the YouTube channel. So if somebody's more interested in uh, finding out more about what we've been involved with, they can certainly go watch those presentations because we've been involved with every single one of them one way or another.
1: Well, my understanding is with respect to the the YouTube channel, and that would be uh, the, the NCFM. If they if you plug that into the search uh, bar there on YouTube, you'd would, you would locate the videos. You you have uh, Warren Farrell was a speaker at the conference. Karen Strawn, Vladik Filler, uh, and Gregory Joseph Chuck on the Title Nine presentations, and literally a, dozens more with respect to giving presentations on men's fathers, boys, uh, veterans, issues uh, that are current with respect to what's going on today.
0: Yes, that's correct. You know, the issues are broad-based and and one of my goals in having this celebration uh, was to bring people together, uh, most of whom had never met the others, uh, but almost all of whom had heard of each of the others. And we had people come from Germany, the Netherlands, England, um, various states, Canada. Uh, so it was an international uh, gathering. And the outcomes, uh, well, I think one of the outcomes is our conversation today. And, um, and because of that, because some of the people you met at the conference, some of those people will um, you
1: will interview in the future. Uh, on a personal I note, I have I haven't spoken German in about twenty years, and so there were two gentlemen there from Germany who were uh, native German speakers, and I <laughs> I had to struggle to speak with them in German for a while. It was it it kind of took me aback. It was it was it was definitely interesting. I was I was amazed at the. The folks there. There was one gentleman uh, there from Sweden who was just uh, incredibly brilliant. He was there just to observe and enjoy the proceedings. I was, I was thoroughly impressed. Um, yeah. Again, again a, a delightful interaction. Question for me: minute. How, the, just to, to spotlight on, on Vladik Filler for a moment. Uh, NCFM was, was active with respect to uh, his case uh, about a year or so ago. Could you comment on that, please, sir?
0: Well, you know, Vladeck is uh, his situation is um, has um, it's successful, I should say. When successful, it will have significant impact throughout the United States with respect to uh, discretion of a di- district attorney or misuse of discretion, perhaps. So, Gladnick was years ago was falsely accused by literally his crazy ex-wife, probably a borderline, um, who had serious issues with emotional dysregulation and false allegations, and she falsely accused him in Maine of uh, spousal rape and a bunch of other things, even though there was no basis to it. The district attorney there uh, prosecuted him, and we found out through Vladek that she'd been similarly uh, targeting other men. Uh, for prosecution, if not persecution, on uh, charges that were known to be false or highly questionable. And eventually, he he was convicted, then appealed, then let go, then convicted again of a misdemeanor. And it went on for years and years and years. And finally, he filed a lengthy complaint with the main Board of Overseers, I guess, one of the Assistant District Attorneys, Mary Kellett. we all thought the Maine Board of Overseers was going to rubber stamp another organization Save filed a companion complaint and we filed a companion complaint. Well, lo and behold, the attorney for the Maine Board of Overseers, which is the organization that oversees attorneys in the state of Maine, uh, ruled in our favor and seriously castigated Mary Kellett, actually recommended that she be suspended, uh, her license be suspended. Um, I'm not sure that was the... Not suspended, but, um, well, close to it. Anyway, um, that caused a trial in uh, the state of Maine. The first trial of an assistant district attorney or district attorney in the state of Maine, which had to be overseen by a Supreme Court justice from the state. And so the trial went forward, and uh, she was found guilty. But then the, the justice suspended all sanctions against her. Uh, she never missed a day's work, never missed a day's pay. <laughs> but uh, Vladic did cause, did cause uh, major disruption in the district attorney's office, which resulted in the resignation of most, if not all, of those district attorneys and the election of another one, a more honest one. Excellent. Uh, yeah, excellent is an understatement. So we were pleased to support Vladic in his efforts throughout that, throughout his. Uh, uh, torment and his ordeal, um, and I'm I'm very happy to say that I know know Mr. Siller, and he's um, uh, the work he does. He's a you know, he's an immigrant, and he came to this country. And when he started feeling uh, that his rights were being infringed upon, uh, he decided that's not why he came to the United States, and he was going to stand up for his rights. Is. And he did, and he is it's a tremendous human
1: being. I had the honorable pleasure of meeting Vladek Filler at the conference, and he's just an incredible, an incredible human being. A brilliant, yeah. honest, honorable, yeah. uh, I mean, just truly, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, this gentleman's at 12. I was just uh, totally impressed with him. Uh, another man yeah. I, was, I, was, I was completely impressed with that I met at the conference was author Tim Goldich, I believe the, the title of his book is, is Loving Men Respecting Women. I believe uh, he's uh, on the board also of NCFM, Mr. Uh, Tim Goldich.
0: Yeah, well, Tim's one of our board members. Uh, he's been with us for a long time. Uh, and uh, it's interesting, one thing NCF, NCFM does, uh, let me back up a little bit. In a lot of organizations, you have to march is a drum of whoever the leader is. Uh, you have to drum, march to the drum of whatever their one or two issues are. And we don't work that way. Uh, you can have your own drum. And Tim's got his own drum. You know, he's a professional editor, professional writer. And over the years, he's been studying issues between men and women in a serious way. And he's come up with a Philosophy that it all balances out. That's what he says. It all balances out. So it's not the, there's any, there's any victimhood or whatever you want to call it. You take whatever label you want. And if you put it on the right, then he says there's a balance, counterbalance on the left. Uh, well, a lot of, a lot of people in, in, in this line of work would certainly disagree with that. Um, but one thing good about NCFM is it doesn't matter whether you disagree with it or not. As long as you're responsible uh, with what you do, you're not some crazy person out there, you know, running around screaming about things and threatening and saying really stupid stuff. Uh, then you're certainly welcome to be in our organization and, and we'll warmly we'll welcome you. Um, so Tim's one of my favorite people.
1: On, on that note, I mean, I, I met Tim Goldich at the conference, and I was impressed with how intelligent he is, how good-natured he is, how deep he is. I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay, he's one of those guys that make you reach. And uh, for our listeners, I believe the title of his book is uh, Loving man Respecting Women. I'm reading it currently. And uh, just to, uh a stellar human being. It's, 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 uh, the one thing about the, the NCFM 40th uh, anniversary conference that I walked away with, it, it had been literally decades that I had run, acro- run across such a repository of, of people that were so deep, so brilliant, so committed to the development of our species in a positive way. And, and again, just, just an incredible, incredible uh, endeavor on, on NCFM's part. Question, if I may, what projects does NCFM have on, have in the batter's box? What's 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 in the on deck circle, if I may?
0: Um. Well, you know, like I say, there are various arms go to various directions and do they set their own course. Um. Here, uh, my particular interest, as I've already mentioned. I'd like to get, I'd like us to get involved in, um, more lawsuits. Uh, while there's been some success now, uh, using, you know, it's, it's affecting legislative change is difficult and extraordinarily time-consuming and takes over a long period of time. Uh, lawsuits, I can bring results much quicker. That doesn't mean that, that they, they aren't involved and they don't take time, but generally speaking, they're much quicker. So I'd like to have us involved in more uh, uh, legal action, legal actions, uh, which bear the possibility of affecting significant change, not just for the plaintiff, but for uh, all of us, in an effort to help make our world a little bit better places for all the rest of us. Um, So, aside from the daily things that happen here, I'd like to point us that direction. It might take another year, year and a half, two years to get that done. Uh, But I'd like to do that. Uh, before I leave. And I think if I can get that done, then I'll, I'll go sell hot dogs or something.
1: <laughs> We're going to keep you on board for another 20 years. So you're not going anywhere, but go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Uh, that, just that thought scares the hell out of me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Continue my friend, please.
0: I've been doing this work a long time. And, um, I've heard, um, uh, uh, been involved with a lot of misery. Um, I heard horrific stories, worked with wonderful people, met a few assholes. Um, you know, I do so, so, so long, and there's that old, what was it, Peter principle? You know, and, and aside from which, as this organization expands, and I think we're in an expansion period. Uh, it becomes uh, more and more time-consuming just to do the general management stuff, um, and that's that's well um, I can do it. Um, I don't think that's my best and highest use, and It's just, it's just getting close to time for me
1: to move on, and that's okay. Well, for the regular Joe and John that's out there, okay, because we're going to distribute this through the Protection for Men Network on Facebook. Uh, We have 15 groups out there, and we're going to distribute this to our members. But I guess the 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 question that maybe some of our listeners are having is is, is why should I get involved? I mean, how do you address that issue? I mean, I've answered that question for myself. You've answered that question for yourself. But for the regular Joe or John or George who's out there, I mean, why should he or, or she, you know, I mean, you know, you know Sally, Joan, or, or, or Mary, why should they get involved?
0: Well, most people won't care to get involved if they don't have some personal issue. Uh, usually why people get involved, like the earlier example I made with the- are not involved because her 10-year-old son, she thought it was unfair that young women didn't have to sign up for Selective Service, you know, that was her her motivating factor. (laughs) Uh, But you have to have some sort of motivating factor if you're just interested. You know, a small financial contribution helps and can give a person a sense of participation. you know, with well, us, it only costs thirty-five bucks here to join. If that's what you want to do, and we're happy to have you as a member and happy to have you thirty-five dollars. But you don't have to commit, you know, hours and hours and hours uh, to the issues uh, to be an activist. At least, not in my view. Um, and to, you can educate yourself on the issues, so at least. If nothing else, when you are in conversation with somebody and something comes up, you can at least speak intelligently with some substance and factual information rather than just emotion and personal beliefs, which of course uh, our disloyal opposition fuels themselves with, um, almost devoid of anything scientific. So getting active with NCFM can come through a number of ways from the conference. I You know, we now have somebody in Texas who's been with us for a long, long time and was involved in the chapter we once had down there who now wants to re- reinvigorate it. So he, he was reinvigorated. Now he's going to reinvigorate the chapter down in uh, Houston, Fort Worth area, I believe. So it just depends on who you are, how you see the world, what your interests are. Um, And if you have any questions about things like that, if somebody were in your audience, they they can always pick up the phone and call the number. and We can have a conversation, or I can refer to somebody who can have a conversation they'd like to participate with.
1: And that phone number again is?
0: 619-231-1909.
1: And then they could also reach you through the NCFM website, which is www.ncfm.org. And there's also the, the Facebook page on uh, on Facebook, obviously, NCFM. And Mr. Harry Crouch, you're a dear friend. I love you to pieces. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. And I wish you the absolute best. And we're going to continue to have these conversations so we can get the word out and make sure that people are educated and understand what's going on in our culture today. Thank you, sir, for being here. I appreciate your time. Thank
0: you, R.K. Take care.
1: Thank you, sir. Be well.